Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is the Hockey Podcast Network. Your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 3, Episode 86, and oh, Captain, my Captain, just shocking news with the New York Rangers announcing their captain, Jacob Truba. Holy shit. I was not expecting this. I was expecting maybe something closer to the season if they were going to do something like this. I'm just in total shock, and I... I'm very curious to hear your thoughts, Andy, about, you know, the biggest news of the summer. The Rangers finally announcing a captain for the upcoming season. So, Andy, I have to ask you, how are you doing, my friend? Doing good. Um, It's much cooler today than it's been. The hottest day of the summer was yesterday, and it was absolutely brutal. Um, But, yeah, it also, uh, overnight, we got some pretty uh, crazy news. So, um yeah, I saw Kevin Weeks uh, tweet in the as I was going to bed, um, you know, two uh, two nights ago, uh, and I, I'm not surprised by the fact that it's Truba. The timing obviously surprised me. I, I thought if they were going to do it, they were going to save it for like sometimes they do their preseason and they announce it during that. So then right before the season, um, or at least just closer to the season, but. It's just interesting they did it, uh, you know, maybe they just knew it was going to come out and it kind of forced their hand, you know, because I know the Rangers organization don't like to, uh, they're a bit old school in that way, where they're like, if the public knows, they want to at least, you know, yeah. But uh, but then again, it's it's weeks had, a, had it worked out where he said, you know, the Rangers are going to be naming it within the next how many ever hours. So I'm curious to see what how that came about. But that's that's almost honestly, at the end of the day, that's a different discussion. Um, but yeah, I mean, I know I had mentioned that I wouldn't be surprised it was him on a um, either a last podcast or the one before. I can't remember. Uh, but just, you know, because Ryan Strom had some interesting comments about Truba in the um just in his exit interviews, uh, I think he was on the, um, which one was he on? Uh, not Chicklets, the other one. Um, uh, Missing Curfew, the one with uh, uh, up Scotty Upshaw and um, whoever whoever his co-host is. Um, but it doesn't matter. Anyway. I only uh, listen to one podcast and that's ours. That's true. That's <laughs> why it's uh, the same thing because we don't branch out. Um <laughs> But yeah, no, like I said, he had said that Truba did an incredible job with the room that year and that he was kind of the one having the big rah-rah speeches in the locker room when they needed it, you know, especially after elimination, you know, when they're on the verge of getting eliminated by Pittsburgh and they had the, you know, the bad game and, uh, and just, he was the one who was coordinating all the off ice stuff. Um, and obviously since this news has come out, there was a lot of shock from Rangers fans and even fans of fellow teams. Everyone's like, well, why not Kreider? Why not Zibanejad? You know, obviously we heard some, well, why not Adam Fox? But I mean, you know, as the smoke clears on this news, a, you, you know, that at the end of the day, it's not like they did this without consulting the locker room. And this is clearly who they wanted. You know what I mean? It's not like they weren't going to do just 
you know, it's one thing if they had just made it like an Adam Fox or a Panarin or Helen, even Alexei Lafreniere or something, you know what I mean? It's just, I, but you know, they consulted the room and he was the guy apparently. And he was the one. Um, and then, and since then we've, we've heard some good bits. Like Larry had an article talking about it and how it was like when Fox won the Norris, uh, Truba was the one who had it flown from the hockey hall of fame and then arranged for a team dinner where they could all celebrate with him and that, that type of stuff. And that, you know, they have guys living in the city and then they have guys uh, who live obviously closer to the training facility um, up in Rye uh, or Tarrytown, wherever it is now. Um, and that he's been the one who's kind of coordinating the team team get togethers to like work with that. And, you know, so just sounds like he was doing all this stuff anyway. Um, so, yeah, I wasn't surprised it was him and do you know, if I had my personal preference, would it be Jacob Truba? Um, honestly, it's uh, the more I think it's funny. It was like, I, I had a, I, for so long, I wanted it to be Zabanajad and then I just, you just knew it was never going to happen. So then I could kind of come around on it being Chris Kreider, but there's also a rumor floating around that he had already turned it down. Cause you know, there is a part of me that thinks it would be him if he had wanted it, but I assume he just didn't want it. It's just not his style and he's got enough, uh, you know, per- performance uh hang-ups at times as it is so and true i i if in terms of who's got the best mentality for it truba does seem like a guy you know he, you inter- you hear his interviews after bad games and he kind of just lets it roll off his back he's like oh and he's clearly you know passionate he's you know he's not the rangers best player by any means but he's just he's good for being like you know listen on to the next one you know, whereas you, you, sometimes you look at the ways things can affect Kreider and Zabanajad. So I guess I get it. Um, James, how, what was your feelings of the whole thing? You know, how'd you find out and um, how are you feeling about it now? Well, obviously the week's tweet uh, just pops up kind of as a notification. Even I don't have notifications on for weeks, but uh, just anything usually like him tweeting that becomes so popular, it pops up as a notification for me. So that's kind of how uh, I found out that the Rangers were going to be naming a captain and that eventually it's going to be, you know, Jacob Truba. But um, I just feel like there were so many like rumors swirling that if you really thought about it, it was never going to be Panarin. It was either going to be Truba or Kreider. And I just feel like if Kreider wasn't named the captain already, then, you know, what were they waiting for? You know, it was one of those things where it was like, you know, if it didn't happen now, is it ever going to really happen for Kreider? And I don't know. I just, for me personally, I figured they were going to name a captain, but I thought they would do it closer to the season. But I guess it makes sense to do it now since, you know, camp is going to be starting soon and, you know, you kind of want to get all this, you know, emotional gooey stuff out of the way, you know, where, you know, people look have to reflect back in history and think of all the New York Rangers captains that have, you know, led the team, um, you know, you know, really, honestly, the only one that truly matters is 1994, Mark Messier winning the Stanley Cup. But, you know, um, it, it just uh, naming Truba, I guess the more I look at it, the more it makes sense. Uh, the only thing I think that comes to mind, Andy, is like how many times have we said Truba's probably the odd man out? And he's going to be moved next year. I mean, we might have said that maybe 10,000 times on this podcast <laughs> that he's going to end up on the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, but then again, look at the late Rangers last two captains, right? You know, Callahan and McDonough, both traded, kind of shocking. Um, so the captaincy, let's not act like it's, you know, it seals his fate here with the New York Rangers. But I also do think, though, the timing of it kind of works out pretty well as in Jacob Truba can be your captain for the next four years. Um, And then you can now announce maybe a different captain, whether that be Adam Fox, a Lafreniere, uh, you know, you just don't know. I think, you know, even, you know, Keandre Miller, you know, you just never know. So, you know, I, I think in four years, it'll probably be a different captain, but, you know, it makes sense that he's the captain. Um, I also feel like 
because the Rangers have no problem trading their captains, you know, maybe he's only here for a couple seasons, but you know, he is the leader in the locker room uh, ever since the, uh, you know, the shit show season of a couple years ago when, you know, Tony was here and causing fights and you heard Truba and Kreider were the ones that broke it up. So you kind of knew that he was just a leader off the ice as well. And someone that, you know, the rest of the team kind of looked up to. Uh, yeah, it just, uh, it just a, a shock that it happened here. You know, what, what does this do to your mental, you know, mental capacity here, trying to construct the cap space for the future now that, you know, Jacob Truba is named captain, does it change your perception of how this team's going to be built over the next couple seasons? Does it strike you that maybe Chris Kreider, the reality of him being moved is even more clear now? Um, like it's tough because like you had mentioned, it's not, the Rangers don't exactly have a problem trading their captains. Uh, they traded Ryan McDonough. They traded Ryan Callahan. Although maybe you could argue the Callahan situation was a little bit different because Callahan was being um, kind of uh, stingy <laughs> with, uh, it, you know, with his, uh, nego- you know, his next contract negotiation um, and that clearly soured uh, the Rangers front office. Um, and hell, they they bought out their now GM Chris Drury when he was captain. Right. So, <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> you know, before him. So. Uh, I guess it, that maybe in that sense, this organization clearly doesn't have a problem naming someone captain and then just moving them on from. Yeah, them I mean, Yager was ceremony. Captain. You know, Messier uh, went to the Canucks. Like, really, like the captaincy is really not like of recent captains. Really, not that. You know. Yeah, yeah. and you know, I, I, you know, I think. I, I do wonder if this maybe means that Truba might be around a little bit longer than we think or would have thought. Because like you said, he seemed like a prime candidate to get moved out just based on the Rangers have a lot of depth there. But, you know, he is younger than Kreider. So, um, but yeah, I, I, you know, I don't know. I guess uh, Chris Drury doesn't exactly strike me as someone, you know, rightly or wrongly. He's more concerned with the here and now. Um, obviously, you want your your general managers to make sure they have good cap flexibility down the road. But at the same time, he's the type that he's like, if something is going to happen, he'll do it and then worry about, you know, worry about it when he has to worry about it. Um, so, yeah, maybe that it might just be as simple as that. It's like we're not going to not, you know, if he's the, the, the leader behind the scenes and in the locker room and uh, this team is, hasn't had a captain for however long now and it's, you know, they're like, it's, even though it might, there's an added wrinkle to think about. He might just not even question it. You just say, well, we'll deal it with that when it comes. Like why, why let something that we don't even know if it's going to happen or when's it going to happen? You know what I mean? So you just don't know what's going to happen. There's a chance that, you know, who knows, maybe a promising rookie who is uh, maybe having trouble realizing that potential gets moved before they need a, a contract extension. Just, yeah, there's a lot of factors that go into it. So I don't know if it necessarily signs Chris Kreider's uh, plane ticket out of New York, um, but it is a, it does add a wrinkle to it. You'd have to imagine it just makes it a little bit harder to move Trubo or, you know, and he, his comments, he, you know, his wife, the, one of the big reasons they picked New York is because when he was moving, he wanted, you know, she wants to become a doctor. And now she is, I believe she's either finished her residency and she's working, you know, in, in, some medical capacity he had mentioned at the introductory press conference you know she had worked the night before from 7 p.m to 7 a.m and she was still there at noon for the press conference you know to support him and so uh it was very emotional and that you know they see this as their home now and they want to start their family here so yeah that that in that sense it does obviously add a wrinkle to that but um yeah again i i you know who knows barring you know, unless he has a big, this causes him to have a big drop off in terms of his play. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I just think the Rangers are going to, even if it does end up being him, if he's the right candidate to get bought out, I think Chris Drury is the type who would buy him out. Even if it's like, well, you just put the C on him, you know, two seasons ago or whatever it ends up being. But 
I think you can at least say he's not getting shipped out next year. <laughs> you know, I think at the very least you can say that. So, yeah, he's uh, got what what Drury has up his sleeve, though. I'm not sure. I'm not so sure. Um, you know, no. I think we have to see how this season goes. And honestly, it's, it's going to be wild to say this, but we have to see how it goes with our Temi Panarin this year, um, because well. I think we could there's a potential to be having a much uh, tougher conversation next uh, next summer. But. Yeah, for right now, I'm not. I'm not too sure if if you, if we can glean anything other than Troub is pro- definitely safe this year, and I would assume he would next year as well. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you, and you know that's one of the things that I kind of want to circle back to. Do you do you remember who started or like where that conversation kind of started from? Of like, could Panarin be leaving New York? Like. I, I know that rumor was like swirling, not a, really a rumor, but that maybe just that idea and thought like last month. And I think even Panarin was even asked about it. And he just like kind of was like, what are you talking about? Like that that's not even on the radar right now. Um, do, do you know where that started? And like, do you actually think that that maybe could be a reality? Well, it's I know it started as a tweet from Rangers beat writer Arthur Staple that said league, league sources said Drury was vocally unhappy about Panarin's play, yada, yada, yada. Um, and then the whole part about Panarin potentially want if there's a rift or Panarin want, wanting out uh, is, you know, I don't know, was uh, was more editorial on on Arthur Staple's end. So. I mean, I still think I'm sure Drury wasn't too happy with, you know, yes, Panarin had 16 points in 20 games, but you, you, I don't know. He looked like he was clearly hurt and his line mates were hurt. So, yeah, he didn't look like I mean, he missed a lot couple. of money. Listen, I, I didn't think Panarin had a bad playoffs, but I, I didn't think he had a good playoffs either. I thought he was just fine. You know what I mean? And that's I mean, is it unfair that we expect so much more of our time Panarin? Mm, probably not because he is an elite player and you pay him as such, but I I also don't think it was all his fault. It's Ryan Strom could couldn't even skate, and the cop was clearly hurt, and he's slow anyway, and he just looked even slower in the playoffs. You know what I mean? So yeah, it, um, so yeah, but that's again, that's a, a, probably a different topic that we've I know we've had already on this podcast, but um, yeah, it started from Arthur Staple. Um, I th- and Panera, and then you know to the right, he he brought it up when he was asked about it in when he back home in Russia and he basically poo pooed it. He's like, he's like, you know, who, who's saying this, the journalists, whatever, they're going to say things. Um, you know, I have a no, like I have a no trade. They couldn't trade me if they wanted to. He's like, I haven't heard of any problems or whatever. And he kind of poo pooed it, you know? And right. I, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Chris Drury was like, you know, and when, when you say it like that, I'm sure in an exit meeting he or to his staff, he was like, damn, we're paying this guy a lot of money, you know, uh, I mean, you would expect more than that. It just, I I don't know, man. It just, the regular season, the guy's still considered the most valuable player, you know, to the New York Rangers. I mean, obviously Shesterkin this year was, you know, something to be reckoned with and just the play from everybody was elevated. But, you know, from the start of his contract, Artemi Panarin has been the best New York Ranger over the last, you know, if you took the last, you know, few seasons as a whole, you know, Panarin still makes this team go. He's still the most dynamic offensive player that we have. And he's just absolutely lethal still. And, you know, I I know he got hurt at the tail of last season, missed a couple games, and then, you know, into the playoffs, didn't just didn't look himself, but, you know, his line mates certainly didn't help him. And, you know, I think this year it'll be very interesting to see what, you know, Panarin can bring, you know, playing with Trocek and, you know, I don't know who they're going to put on his wing, whether that's Kako or, you know, we'll see. So it's just one of those things where, you know, if you're a New York Rangers fan and now you're looking at the cap space, it does kind of scratch your head of what the hell is Drury going to do. Now, my next question for you is, is there a restricted free agent that you can see signed or I should say extended before next, well, before next season ends, you know, whether that be, do you, you know, do you see a Lafreniere getting a deal done early just to lock him in for two years or even a Miller? Um, Do you see one of those two players maybe locked up before next season ends? Or do you Mm. think they're going to, 
wait until they get the entirety of uh, you know next season under their belt. I definitely think they're gonna they're gonna do it in the off season. I just think a the fact they have no cap space and b this is this year next upcoming season is going to be an evaluation year for them. Uh, you know, if let's say Ryan Lindgren has a, an up and down season, I mean, then you might start thinking, well, we have so many, he, he might be a casualty, you know what I mean? And that would free up potential cap to sign La- Alexi Lafreniere. It also depends obviously on how those perform. If I'm Lafreniere, I, I don't want to get locked up now. I want to have a full season where I'm and I, where I play well and see how far I can stretch my numbers this year for then I can say, this is what I want. And if you're going to bridge me, it's going to be short. Uh, it's still going to be sweet. And then my next contract's going to be even better. You know what I mean? So um, I know this is bad that I don't know this for sure, but, and it's just because I just don't believe it really. Yeah. Is the cap really going to go up like $9 million in a couple of years? Is it, doesn't it go like one, one, nine in then over the next uh, three seasons? I it's, I don't think it's, that i think it is i think it is similar to that where it's like i think closer to like 2.75 like three point something but i haven't seen a concrete one i've seen a lot of speculation i haven't seen anything concrete to say what what it's going to do obviously nhl radio you know i i listen to it a lot and yeah every time they bring up the cap they talk about how it's you know every player is going to want to bridge to that to that season because they know that they want a higher piece of the, you know, they want a, you know, bigger piece of the pie now that the cap is going up that much. So yeah, it just, that, that's why I'm curious if some of these players will just sign the, you know, sign the bridge and be happy with it, knowing that since the cap is going to go up, they can probably get a little bit more, uh, you know, a little more money out of those teams, you know, that are looking to sign them long-term. Yeah. I mean, that obviously would not surprise me. Because and if that is the case, then yeah, they'd be stupid to to try to get locked up before that. Although you never know what's going to happen. Hockey is an unpredictable game. If you get if you get hurt, that could really obviously work against you. But um, I mean, yeah, it's 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 tough. I mean, look at um, you look at John Klingberg who filed. You know, he fired his agent because I think Dallas had made him a, a pretty substantial offer that I forget if it just the agent just didn't for whatever reason just couldn't or was holding out and then Dallas rescinded it and just said we're going another direction you know what I mean Mm -hmm. so then he kind of had to pivot and get the one-year deal at seven from the Anaheim Ducks but he's not going to get what he was I I believe he he was offered something ridiculous like set like seven years like seven million or something you know what I mean yeah which he should have taken I Um, mean how do you not if if yeah, I, they were talking about it on, um, I believe, uh, um, Puck Soup, you know, and that if, and saying if they're smart, you just turn that around if you're Dallas and you just offer that to Jason Robertson right now. And you just say, hey, you know, uh, <laughs> you want this money we were given to Klingberg? It's a lot of money. And if you're him and you, you don't have a it, it's a lot of money, which is and security, which is tempting there's a chance he could outpace that, but there's also a chance that he doesn't and he might never not see, see a, a caught like that's an, an intriguing offer. If you're a young player, especially if you do it now, you'll still, you can then your next contract will be when you're 27, 28, not when you're 30. So you could still make another big contract. You know what I mean? So, oh, yeah, I mean, but obviously if you're John Klingberg, you're, you're pissed that your agent, you know, uh, fucked that up so much, you know? So, um, but yeah, I mean, I, if the cap's going up, obviously players, um, it obviously within reason. If it's if your numbers, if your contract's up, it's up. But if you're one of the, if you're a young player, especially a young talented player like Alexi Lafreniere or Keandre Miller, and you're like, you know, there's a lot of available cap coming up. Yeah, you, you probably wouldn't have a problem being bridged. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet of up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. 
Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. And best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet of up to $1,000. That's promo code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Yeah, I, that's, I mean, that's exactly how I would play it. Now, you know, some players might want the security. You know, they might say, you know, screw it. I don't care if the cap's going up. I don't know how much more of that, you know, percentage of the cap that this team's going to be even willing to give me. You know, it's not like, you know, they're, the one player that they're really focusing on is uh, McKinnon. Uh, and making him the highest paid player of all time. I like, you know, I, you never know with a guy like Lafreniere, is he going to want to just get to that point and then sign his, sign his contract, you know, something yeah. that's a little bit. Well, more meaningful. in Nathan McKinnon's case, it's like, on the one hand, it's like, do you take, uh, they're already, they just lost Kadri or are most likely losing Kadri, right. Um, to the, you know, cap, uh, the, the salary cap, you know, squeeze, so do you take money to keep more of the band together to go for another one? Or do you say, I've had everyone tell me, wow, you know, Nathan McKinnon's the most underpaid player in the, in the league for the last however many years and say, fuck this. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going for it. You know what I mean? So, right. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Like I, if, if as far as it re- relates to the Rangers, um, like I said, if you're Keandre Miller or Alexi Lafreniere, you know you know money's tight. Uh, I assume they both want to stay in New York. It's a fun place to play as a young player, and they're good right now. So there's no reason they wouldn't, you know, barring some some other crazy circumstances like Lafreniere wanting to be a Montreal Canadian or something, um, or Miller play for the Wild. But um, I I don't get that sense. I think they both love playing in New York, uh, but. You know, we not all teams can be the Boston Bruins and have Patrice Burt, their number one and number two centers locked up for uh, what is it, three million total? They have them for it's insane. How much does Bergeron make this year? Is it is it a million? Is it two million? It's uh, let's just go to the Boston Bruins. It was something. It was so crazy when I read it. It's um, I have it here, but uh, the, um, no, I don't. I don't have it here. Uh, Bergeron signed for two point five million, and what's Krejci? And he gets two point five million in performance based bonuses. And Krejci yeah. signed for one million, uh, with two million in performance based. Imagine bonuses. having your your number one and number two centers for uh, you know, three point five million dollars. I mean, that's like this. This is why I, f- I hate the East because it's teams like Bruin, like the Bruins. They're just always going to linger around. It's going to be same with Pittsburgh. Like these got like these teams are never going to get shaken up. They're always just going to be a thorn <laughs> in our side. Both Patrice Bergeron and Sidney Crosby had excellent years last year. So, uh, although you see guys like Malkin and Latang are starting to like still good players, but they're starting to decline a little bit. But you know, still like I said, Bergeron. You know that. Uh, yeah, it's just. Uh, it's annoying, obviously, if you're as a fan of the Rangers, you know. I mean, I but, would have definitely taken Bergeron for a one-year, $5 million deal. If oh, he was, yeah. I mean, I, obviously, he's not giving that to anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> um, it would, Yeah, any, every team in the league would. I think there's a lot of teams that would trade their first-line center for that for this year, you know. I mean, is that... <laughs> I mean, maybe what not, what do you maybe think? Maybe not Matthews or McDavid, but a lot of other. If if, if they're on the way, outside looking in, do you think like what are the odds that he gets traded? Because you're you're going to bring in a haul. He's got Bergeron. a no trade. I think Bergeron's the type that he doesn't want to. It's I don't think he wants to like play for the Montreal Canadiens. I think he's a, he's a Bruin, and that's it. <sighs> I'm these yeah. players, man, with their no trades. It's like, don't you want to win a cup? I feel like that's like the only reason well, why he's got I, a cop already. So I, but don't you want another one? It's like his, I don't he hasn't think got, so. I honestly, dude, I think then I, I don't want him me, on the team. Like I, I would only want guys that want to win a Stanley cup. 
I mean, I think he wants to win the cup. I think he wants to do it with his his team. It's not like that team doesn't have a good chance to win it. You know what I mean? I don't know. That's the thing. Boston is still a good team. Obviously, they they had some injury problems. They took a little step back last season, but now having Krejci back to to, to take over the uh, take back his second line center duties. And now the fact that those are so cheap and you can use that money to like make sure everyone else is accounted for and they got a new voice in the room. That's a team that could still do some damage. Obviously we'll see if the gold, you know, the, the uh, Swayman and what's his face goaltending duo is up to snuff for the season, but that's a team that has a good chance. So in that sense, if they were a shittier team, I might under definitely understand, but I I think from his perspective, I, I I get it. I just don't even know if they're a playoff team. Like that's, I think they're I, definitely a playoff team as long as they can get through their inju- their injuries, you know, because those guys, like you said, are going to have surgery. You know, McAvoy, uh, Marchand, and uh, yeah, and Bergeron. So if I they, just, but listen, Pittsburgh was missing Malkin and Crosby, right? And they they were able to get there and get in the playoffs. They they had to weather the storm, but they did it. And then yeah, they were I'm just looking looking at the standings. It's like they're a wild card team. Like they're definitely not ahead of Florida, definitely not ahead of Toronto, and definitely not ahead of Tampa Bay. Although, no, I think very, Tampa's going to have a yeah. Years, Tampa yeah. might regress a little bit, but I don't know. I I still think you know they still have you know Vasilevsky. You know they still you know I'm I'm curious to see how you know Braden Point is next season. And you know it just I don't know. I I still think Tampa's going to be you know a force to be reckoned with. You know they didn't. Yeah, I know they're missing some key pieces. Um, you know, it, it just, I don't know. I'm just, you know what it is, Andy? I, I'm just so tired of the Pittsburgh's cap. I, I, you know, I really hate Pittsburgh, Washington, and Boston. Like, I'm done with them. Tampa Bay, I'm on the verge of them being on that list too. Uh, you know, Toronto's harmless. Florida's harmless. And even Carolina, you know, after I think beating them and owning them, it's almost like, you know, you got to have some rivalry here. You know, we can't just yeah. be the best team in the in the East without. Well, some I think at the end of the day, our, our anger should be towards the Rangers drafting. If you draft a, a Sidney Crosby, a Patrice Bergeron or an Alex Ovechkin, uh, you don't have, you know, you you too can stick around for a very long time. But other than Lundqvist, the Rangers were always unable to do that. So hence why they've had to have a little rebuild here, <laughs> you know, because even when, when Hank was here, they didn't have a single pa- player close to that status. You know, they had a, a Ryan Mc, young Ryan McDonough and then they, put, then they put the C on him and it, you know, his, he was very good, but um, yeah. Just yeah. having a, having a, having a, an, an elite defenseman and a hall of fame goaltender and a bunch of, you know, good, but not great players is not enough. You know what I no, mean? No, I, I agree. But, you know, in the Rangers defense, as of recent, Kako was the obvious pick. Lafreniere was the obvious pick. So you can't really blame them on those two players. But I will say, Keandre Miller, they went out and they got that guy. And, you know, they wanted to make sure that he ended up on the New York Rangers. They wanted to make sure Schneider was on the New York Rangers. Those two guys had excellent, well, Schneider had an excellent, you know, rookie season. I still think he's actually considered a rookie next season. Uh, and, and Miller is blossoming into, you know, I, you know, knock on wood, I say this, you know, because with a little bit of bias here, but maybe a lot of bias, but Miller to me is turning into, you know, one of the best defensemen on this hockey team. And that's including Fox. So, um, yeah, it's it just, you know, even Zachary Jones, you know, for what yeah. he's been able to do with the New York Rangers so far, you know, the Rangers have been drafting pretty decent, you know, especially on the back end. Um, yeah. Or maybe, maybe I, I rephrase develop, I should say <laughs> their, their forward. Yeah, it's more on the. Fo- it's so weird how it's just forwards. Like the defense, you're just you're you're not really worried about them at all. It's more the offensive side of the puck, and I, I don't know. I don't know what more they can they should like do. Like I don't like. Yeah. I don't know. You just look at some of these draft picks, and they walk into the NHL, and you don't have to do anything. And then you know the Rangers. It's you know it's got to be it's a flip of a coin. You know, it still is with Kako. It still is with Lafreniere. You don't know what they're going to turn into. I mean, Lafreniere has definitely shown signs of brilliance, 
but is he ever really going to be your go-to guy up front? I, I don't know, man. I really don't know. So do, do you think so? I mean, I might as well ask you this question. I do. I think him more than Kako. Um, you know, I just think, I think I saw enough out of Lafreniere in the, in the playoffs and just towards the tail end of the season where he just started getting hotter and hotter and hotter. Um, you know, I just, and I just think his ceiling or excuse me, his floor is so much higher than Kako's because he still just has such a knack for where to be, you know, and he, I guess to put a per perspective is that there's a lot of people that are upset that he's not become a superstar already. And this, so this is his floor. And yet, how many, what are you, 20 even strength goals or something crazy? Like, you know, yeah. it's just, you know, so with power play time, he that number would be higher and the points would be higher and people wouldn't care, you know, or at least first unit power play time. So, but yeah, obviously, I still think to this point as a number one pick, yeah, it's been disappointing. And you can argue whether or not our expectations for first overall picks are a little disjointed. You know, you have players like Owen Power that just went right back to college. You know, it's just it's but every case is different. Every team situation is different. You know, he was walking. It's not like he was walking onto a team that was barren and they were going to force feed him, you know, first minutes, uh, first line minutes, no matter what, you know, come what may, you know. So, um, but yeah, um, again, I just. I think it's a safer bet for him than Kako, even though I think Kako has a lot of great qualities. I just think, uh, you know, until he can learn to get create separation better with his just improve his skating, it's just not going to happen for him. He, he even if he becomes like an awesome defensive discussion uh, type, you know, shutdown winger type guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, well, let me ask you this question. Yeah. As of right now, who do you think has a better season, Kravtsov or Kako? Um, I think I think Kravtsov has the more potential. Interesting. Because I think he's a better skater. I think he's uh, he's a better he's probably a better playmaker. But I think what would hurt him is that I think I think just the you know Gallant didn't. He didn't make Gallant's team out of camp last year, so we'll see if if Turk holds grudges. I would think Kako, even despite getting scratched, is above him on the you know the the, the priority chart. Uh, the one thing is that at weird times in the preseason and even in games, every now and then, uh, Kravtsov and Panarin would be on the ice at the same time, and they had that a little bit of ESP going. You know what I mean? It's just I just think. Kraftsoff is a guy who understands who, you know, he's definitely better at Kako that like finding seams and stuff where Kako is just kind of more of the uh, funnel everything towards the net type of player. Yes, he can show pretty good hands and tight and even like nice passing, but I don't think he's a guy that, you know, Panarin likes to, is small. So he kind of works on the perimeter to, to before he can penetrate inside with either passes or shots or things. I think Kraftsoff's the same way that those two could use, you know, their, their, uh, their good, you know, fluid skating and their edge work and just kind of operate in the perimeter and find each other. And then you can have a guy like Vinny Trocek going to the net and creating, you know, a wake for them. So, um, yeah, if that happens, then obviously it's, I guess it's the, the answer James is whoever, whoever Turk puts on that second line is going to have the better season, right? Cause if the second you're with Panarin, you can, you put me out there and I might end the season with 13 points somehow, you know? Yeah, no, fair, fair enough with that. Uh, you know, but you know, I do think you can, you could kind of skew the expectations a little bit in terms of, you know, just because the player has more points doesn't make that. Well, that's, that's what it, I could totally see Kako looking dominant. And, but yet once again, just being absolutely snake bit and like, how did that not go in? How did he fan on that? How did this guy this? And then crafts off doing less, but just burying the chances that when he gets them, because he's just a better finisher, you know? Yeah. I just don't want Kako to turn, you know, into um, uh, what's his name on the blues now? Uh, Buchnevich, where you just, you, after every single play, close call scoring chance. And it's just him shaking his head, looking depressed on the bench because he can't bury. So that's, yeah. you know, I mean, Buchnevich had himself a very nice season for he, St. Louis. He did. He knew what was going to happen, but, um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I just, I don't know. Yeah. I guess Kako is a, we don't know. I think he's got confidence in himself. I just think he's, 
he's not as much of he's clearly not as emotional and um fiery and responsive as Lafreniere who got he got sad a game and then he came back and he scored those two really nice goals against Detroit in the, in the regular season. You know what I mean? So, right. You know, he rises to the channel and that, that was almost the same thing for him too. If you remember, um, Alexi Lafreniere, you know, in his first world juniors, he didn't have such a good, his play kind of got called out by the coach and that they needed more from him and he wasn't playing the right way and this and that. And then he came back with a bit more of a chip on his shoulder and he had a, he was, a, had a fantastic tournament. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I don't know if Kako's that type of player, but at the same time, he's also the type who he's gotten jerked around a lot. I just think, you know, he's a, there's some, the flashes have, have been brilliant when they're there, but it's just been kind of tough for them to be there consistently. You know what I mean? But honestly, I mean, I know what we've been all over the place in this, this podcast, but like if you, if I'm, I know there's all this talk about getting Lafreniere into the the top six why not just put leave the kid line together and roll them evenly yeah i'm with you man i like as far as i'm concerned if you left that line let them just chew up and spit out the league's third line if they can be the best third line in the nhl what's wrong with that i mean that's depth scoring because you already know that panarin's going to be able to put up points and produce you know regardless of who he's yeah. playing with and he's going to be with Trocheck. So even, you know, even if you did throw crafts off on that line, who cares? And who cares? Like honest to God, listen, obviously the goal is just to make the playoffs. I don't think there needs to be some sort of, you know, demand that the Rangers put up or, you know, have more points than last season, just make the playoffs. And if that means, you know, experimenting with some guys moving up and down the lineup, then so be it. Who cares? You know, if you, if you want that kid line to stay intact, there's no reason why you can't throw, you know, a crash off up there, you know, just see what works. Even if it means, you know, throwing Goudreau on the top line or the second line and, uh, you know, and, you know, just experiment, throw guys around. Let's see, let's see what they have. I would rather have the best third line in the NHL, then, you know, again, load up the top six and then get inconsistent play and no five on five production at all from the third and fourth line because they just don't click or not meshing well. So um, I'm with you, Andy. I, I'd leave the kid line. Um, you know, I, I know you want to reward maybe some of those players for their play last season, but I, I also don't think it's a, a necessary thing to do. But um yeah, do you have anything on that? No. I, again, I think that's a, a d- different uh, podcast. And no, we'll for have sure. that discussion closer tr- to training camp when we see some of the lines in that. But um, no, I think you and I are on the same same page in that one. I just think it's like, obviously making the, import- the playoffs was important for them and having a strong, but you know, I think you look at teams like Tampa Bay or even the Kings teams a few years ago who are, once they were used to making it, they didn't, they kind of learned how to better uh, save their you know, save their energy and their strength. Whereas the Rangers seemed like they, this, you know, they had guys limping into the playoffs to start or were hurt going in. I think they're going to hopefully should be better about just learning how to make the playoffs, but still conserve some energy for when you get there. You know what I mean? That's kind of the next step of becoming a, a team is that you don't overextend yourself too early or, or just, you just use everything you have to get in. And then by the time you, you play around, you've got nothing, you know what I mean? Right. And, and, and that's, I think the good thing of last year is that, you know, a lot of the New York Rangers, especially the young kids kind of learned what it maybe means to play a full, you know, play a f- like a full round, you know, you know, they're, they're not going to want to go seven games, seven games, seven games, you know, you know, that maybe hopefully we learn to win a series in four games or five games, you know, it'd be nice to, you know, pull out the brooms and, and, and sweep one, uh, you know, this way we're not killing ourselves every single round. Uh, I did want to go back before you mentioned that um, talking about developing offensive players, uh, two players that I obviously come to mind and there's a lot of hype around Will Cooley and Brendan Othman, the Mothman. Do you, well, number one, are you like one of those guys that you're like, I definitely don't want to see them in the NHL this season or would you be fine 
introducing them maybe like midway through the season. If there's a couple injuries, you know, obviously, you know, we saw what happened with Sammy Blay last year. So, you know, roster spots could open up. You never know. So I just want to hear your thoughts on that. Especially because that has to do with developing forwards. It would be nice if Cooley was ready. I just think Othman is, is he's a, he's a top nine player. I don't see any room for him there barring a bunch, a couple of injuries. You know what I mean? It's already hard enough fitting Sammy Blay in this lineup. Um, uh, but Cooley, on the other hand, is a little bit different. You know what I mean? I think he's going to be a fourth liner with this team. Um, that's it. So if he's ready, he's ready. Um, or if he shows well in the AHL this season, uh, it's good. But again, Othman, it's either here or juniors, which sucks. And he's most likely going to go back to juniors. But, you know, um, as we record this, the World Juniors have started. He, mm-hmm. uh, in a preseason game, he, he didn't really have any points and he took two penalties. So now he got sat for the first game where Canada routed Latvia. So I assume he plays the next game, but, you know, he's a far from perfect prospect. And as much as talented as he is, he's got things he needs to work on. Um, so I just, I don't see it without, I don't think Othman's going to be ready for it. I would obviously love to be pleasantly surprised, but honestly with him, I just, you know, I, I think... I think he's a he's the type of player that would benefit more from the slow and steady approach. Whereas I think Cooley is, yeah, I just think he's kind of what you see what is what you get. He's a big kid. The game he plays doesn't change too much. Uh, obviously, the speed of the NHL is and the defensive maybe assignments are probably are faster and more important. But again, he's not. It's not like he has to also adjust his offensive game. He's going to play the same way. Whereas I think. A, a player like Brennan Othman's going to, it's going to have, there's going to be an adjustment. So I think the slower he can scale that ladder, finally play in the AHL next year, I think that'll benefit him more, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, definitely. And, you know, again, you're totally right with like, uh, where does some of these guys really fit? You know, if you have a guy that you're projecting to be maybe a fourth line guy for you in the future, that might be worth calling up. But if you're, you know, expecting a player to, hopefully develop into a top six player. There's no point in bringing them up right now. I mean, even with injury, it's you have plenty of guys on the bottom six that could jump up and I think be a little bit better. So yeah, it's just, uh, you know, I'm just curious how your thoughts are and confidence are with some of these guys that, that there is hype around, but also don't really fit into the picture right now. Um, so yeah, glad I got that take from you, Andy. Uh, anything else Ranger related? I mean, I I, I feel like we kind of covered a lot, you know, here, especially especially you know, given the youth on this team and uh, you know where where they stand going into the future, especially now that we know that Jacob Truba is going to be here to stay for the next couple seasons, which would be even a crazier shock to me if they moved him even before the twenty three twenty four season. Like that would be. I don't even know, like I would a player even want to see for the New York Rangers if they did that. I don't know. So, um, yeah. Anything else, Andy? No, I mean, Oh, I do uh, have a question for you. I do oh, have yeah, a question for you. I'm sorry. That's all right. How many A's are going to be on the team next year? Uh, I think four, they'll probably do two, oh my two God. at home and two at the road on the road. Oh, they'll alternate. Okay. Yeah. I don't think you're allowed to have, if you have are a you? captain, you can only have what three A's. I didn't even know. Well, I don't. I don't. I honestly don't know the rules because we haven't had a captain. Yeah, I think it's either four alternates or you can have uh, a captain and is a, ca- a captain and three, right? I, listen, I'm old school. All I know is that a captain and two A's are plenty. You don't need really more than that. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's at this point, it's it's. Uh, well, I think the problem is then you're you t- you're taking an A. You could take an A away from Panera. I don't think he gives a shit you know, <laughs> but yeah, uh, but I like the, you could two at home and two away and they're yeah, just, it's going to, you know, I imagine you do Kreider and Zibanejad at home and you do. Well, Goudreau uh, had an A last year. Goudreau and uh, maybe like, who do you, who, I guess it's the, do you give it to Adam Fox? You know, know. Is, does Trocek deserve an A? I don't think so. I mean, I don't know. Who knows? He's an older guy and in Turkey's had him before, but uh did he? Did Trochuk wear an A in Carolina? I don't know. He was hurt like last season. Well, yeah, but if I mean, let's say Vincent Trochuk. 
Let's look in a, just a picture and see if he's got an A on his jersey. Um, I'm not seeing one, so I don't think he. I mean, did he wear one in Florida? No, he was. I think he was too young in Florida. Oh wait, yep, I have. There's a picture of him with an A on his jersey in, at an away. So I think he might have worn it away in Florida in his last season. Um, okay. Yeah, there's an A, but none of his pictures of him with the because obviously. Um, I mean, there's a zero percent chance he thinks he deserves a letter. I don't think he's that type of guy going into this team with some of the guys they have on this team. Like, no, no. So, I, if they're going to give it to anyone, um, I guess the question is, it's it's going to be either uh, it's I don't know. I guess Fox or, or Lindegren, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Mika Kreider, Gaudreau. Panarin and then maybe Fox probably fifth on that list. And then honestly, probably Trocek after that, unless you want to reward Lindgren, which I don't, I don't know if you do that or not, but I don't know. I probably would put Lindgren after the playoffs that he's had. I would definitely probably throw him an a before Trocek. Oh yeah. And yeah, that's not to say Vinny would be a bad one. It's just, I think, no, I, it's just, you know, it's, it's listen, I, Ryan Lindgren is not a perfect player, obviously, uh, but he he left it on the line for this team, and they were better with him hurt in the lineup than they were without him. Right. He the it's one thing to play through an injury, but to play like he did through an injury was gutsy as hell. You could just tell how much pain he was in, but the things he would he didn't he didn't change his style up at all at and a single iota, you know, how many yeah. times he went to the locker room and you just knew they were sticking an inch long needle, freezing his ankle. And then he's coming right back out there and he's still blocking and hitting and blocking his shots. You know what I mean? He's a, he's a warrior. You know what I mean? Yeah. And obviously, unfortunately in New York or anywhere, anyway, we love players like that when they're like this and they're effective. And then when the road miles finally start to share, we, we turn on them and sour on them. It's unfortunate, but it's the, it's the nature of the beast, right? But uh, yeah, I mean, he's clearly deserving. But at, I guess at the same time, I you know, I could see there could be say a case is that like, look, eventually Lexi Lafreniere, you assume is going to wear this, or maybe even out of Fox the C, right? So maybe we'll just do a full a wholesale change eventually, where it's like the next if if Lindgren somehow how makes it is still on this team in three or four seasons that it's like Lafreniere Fo- and his A's are Fox Lindgren and Keandre or, you know, whatever. Yeah, I'm keeping Miller in the C category, potential C. I mean, yeah. Fox, <laughs> Lafreniere, and Miller right now, top three for sure. Yeah, I think Could- Keandre and, and Lafreniere, see, their comportments definitely maybe are, seem more uh, cookie cutter C, but as we've seen, there's a lot of C's around the league and they do it different ways. I'll, again, I mean, I'm, I'm going to say this. I think having, I think the effect of a captain is overrated, you know, whether you make it your best player. I think it depends on the team, to be honest with you. That's, that's true. I would say that's true. I think, um, like, like obviously if you're an Alexander Barkov, who is a quiet guy, but is also just such a good defensive responsible and also elite player, like two way, like the best 200 foot potentially one of the best 200 foot players in all of hockey then it's fine if you're soft-spoken because when you're on the ice you play defense and you score <laughs> you know what i mean so uh yeah i mean there's different you know then there's captains on teams because just because they've they've been around the longest you know what i mean it yeah. was nice to get truba to say like honestly that they when i was you know uh, when i came here hank was clearly the captain and you know it's just nice to always hear players confirm what we always suspect. You know what I mean? Right. And yeah, and that certainly had to be, you know, an interesting dynamic having your goalie as the, your lead, you know, I don't know, as your leader, it's just, you know, I, I never think that ever works out well, but you know, it's not like the Rangers had, you know, Scott Stevens to that, to, you know what I mean? Like Scott Stevens and the devils with Brodor, Rodor obviously considered, you know, the greatest all time in net, you know, but you did have a, a guy that was a tough bruising defenseman that was certainly just a presence on the ice and off the ice and Scott Stevens. So, yeah. I mean, it, it does work when, you know, 
clearly, you know, a goalie garnishes, garnishes all the respect in the locker room, but you know, you know, for the Rangers for the longest time, you just, there was never that player. I feel like to Lundqvist that you felt like was the New York Rangers. If well, you already sense. have fans of opposing teams making cracks like they should sow the C onto his elbow and all this other, you know, stuff, which which is good, though. I, I like it that they're he lives rent free in the heads of, uh, you know, I guess fans around the league. You know, it's it's that's probably a good that's probably a good thing. And I honestly I think Troop is the, the type where I said it at the start of this podcast is that I don't think he lets things really. You know, he, he doesn't let things roll over or, or linger with him. You know, I think that there's a lot of pressure with being that. But and I think it clearly got to Ryan McDonough. Right. Um, I don't think it would get to him. I don't think much would change about his game. You know, not that he was like an elite player before, but I don't think it's uh, I think he's going to look much the same. He's going to have some good, really good moments every now and then. He's going to do some bonehead and we're we'll like, ah, true. What the, you know, what the hell are you, fuck are you doing? But. Um, yeah, I think he's the type of guy. It's like, well, yeah, you know, not much changes for me, but you know, I'm going to do this. Yeah, whatever. You know, I just think he's just kind of, he's just even keel like that, you know? So, which is good. Um, yeah. you know, so I uh, congratulations to Jacob Truba and, and be named the 28th captain of the New York Rangers. It's a hell of an honor. Uh, and yeah, I mean, we, we shall see how, where, how it goes from here. Hopefully his tenure is good, but, um, Anything else from you, James? I have nothing. You know, I'm just, uh, you know, I'm a hopeful New York Rangers fan right now. I, I'm, I'm very confident in our team. I like it. A little worried now with the cap, more pressure in my brain, uh, trying to configure the cap for the upcoming seasons. But uh, again, I trust Drury. I feel like you wouldn't give this guy the C if you didn't have a long-term plan. Uh, you know, especially considering this is what he does for a living now. So, yeah, uh, other than the cap, future cap space, I am worry free on the Rangers front. Uh, just hoping everyone can make it through the the preseason and and, uh, you know, then we can drop the puck in October and and, and go to war day in and day out. So, um, yeah, cl- you can close this out, Andy. Yeah, um, you know, on a more uh you know, serious note. Um, I'm sure if most listening remember uh, Ben Stelter, who is the, oh, yes. the young man who uh, supported the Edmonton Oilers uh, in the, both the regular season and the um, the postseason this year. Uh, ben had been uh, battling brain cancer, um, and uh, you know the the team had really rallied. He was a an oiler super fan you know he he loved the team um they clearly after meeting him they rallied around him he's just as much responsible for you know the run they went on last year uh into the deep into the playoffs um and you know his father announced today that he you know he tragically passed away um and uh, yeah just obviously horrible so sad that you know anyone much less uh someone as young as him had to go through this, but just looking at the way he uh, just you know, courageously might I add, he, you know, dealt with the hand he was dealt um, and how happy watching the Oilers made him and, you know, the whole play La, La Bamba baby thing and the smile he always had on his face. Uh, yeah. It's absolutely heartbreaking. Um, and our hearts go out to his family and the Edmonton Oilers organization and just everyone who knew and loved him for, uh, yeah, for their loss. Um, yeah. And I think it's just, yeah, I think it just goes to show like, you know, even thinking about just how important, um, yeah, just how important it is. Uh, the game of hockey isn't just, when you think about, you know, role models and, um, just what the power of sports can be, it's just, yeah, it's funny. Cause obviously we, we, you and I host a podcast where we, we, uh, you know, we, we joke about and also grouse about and, and hem and haw over player performances and, um, you know, con- contracts and, and, you know, un miss un, you know, unfulfilled potential or, or surprising, you know, happy accents and surprises and runs. And 
but we love this game and ben loved it um probably would say almost more than anyone else um and yeah just very sad very tragic our hearts go out to like i said to his family and those who knew and loved him the most and ben we are thinking about you and uh this uh yeah this today's podcast um is dedicated to you so rest easy Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod, and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.